Hi, Dr. Sam Waldron here. The fields are white for harvest, but the laborers are few. Most men who need a seminary education can afford it the least, and no seminary is fully supported by student tuition and fees. We rely on the generosity of our supporters and friends. Would you give today and help us to make informed scholarship with pastoral heart affordable for the next generation of gospel ministers? Visit cbtseminary.org give to learn how you can help. Welcome to another episode of the Pastor's Inbox on the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In this conversation, we are going to be discussing something that we have uh, talked about in previous episodes, and that is sermon preparation. But uh, particularly in this conversation, we will discuss how long it takes to prepare a sermon. And so, brothers, can you think of some different scenarios of sermons to be prepared? Perhaps you can give examples and uh, give an estimate of how long different types of messages or different types of sermons for different circumstances take to be prepared to preach. Austin, that's a tough one. (laughs) There are so many variables, not only uh, in the kind of uh, sermon, but uh, for instance, you can't really uh, control the disruptions that are apt to happen in the midst of sermon preparation. Uh, now, it is obvious that some of the sermons are, are going to just take longer. If somebody's doing a topical exposition of a subject, a, a doctrine, kind of a, a systematic theology approach where they're bringing together most of what Scripture says on a doctrine or an issue, well, it's going to require no little time to not only compile the text, but then to exegete them, especially the ones that are are the most important. You just wouldn't want to leave it entirely to proof texting. Uh, or, or maybe it's a consecutive exposition of a book, and we're moving right along, but then there's one text you come to that's particularly difficult, and you didn't anticipate it, but it's a controverted text, and, and uh, the different commentaries are everywhere on this. Well, difficult to try and figure this text, how am I going to, because this respected guy and that respected guy take entirely different views. Well, that can take a a long time, uh, reading over the various and and trusted commentaries and then time to think it through and looking at the context and so forth. Uh, Or in consecutive exposition, you know, maybe we're stumped with how do you divide this passage? You know, uh, where do I start and leave off here? How am I going to outline uh, this thing and and uh, even apply it. How do how do I come up with an application for this thing? Uh, you know, well, obviously, okay, we got various commentaries. The, the time though, it's going to take to think these things through. It's impossible impossible to predict that. And uh, then, in addition, much really depends on the man. You, know, you get some guys that are just incredibly meticulous. Uh, OCD, I think, uh, might be a word for it. Uh, you know, and, and some guys have more time on their hands, and therefore they're ready to uh, invest that time. Uh, a, a man who has been at preaching for many years, generally, well, he has a greater knowledge of Scripture, we hope, uh, and it, it, he may be able to draw on that text just naturally coming to mind, uh, or in fact, maybe he's preached on a given passage in the past, 
And the exegesis then was accurate, and you don't need to reinvent that wheel, and therefore he can draw from old sermon notes, perhaps. Well, again, that means it's going to be a little bit shorter for him than the young buck who uh, wants to spend the first five days of the week just exegeting the passage in the original. Um, it also depends on, on the hearers and the setting for those sermons. I mean, if it's going to be especially to, to young ones or those not accustomed to preaching, uh, well, it needs to be lighter in some respect and certainly probably shorter or a funeral or a wedding sermon. Well, of necessity, these things need to be brief or in the case of an afternoon service, you know, some churches like now we've shifted to that uh, afternoon when lunch is setting heavy on the stomach. Uh, this is not the time to, you know, go into uh, Anselm's ontological arguments for the existence of God uh, or, or to think that we're going to, uh, you know, spend the next four hours here delving into some great mystery. Uh, people can get drowsy. Uh, the length of the sermon does not always determine the amount of time required to prepare, right? Because sometimes it can be actually more difficult to be concise. Uh, but generally, I mean, care must be taken not to over-prepare. Uh, you do that, you're going to bring too much into a shorter message. Mm -hmm. And therefore, one way to avoid that over-preparing uh, is by deliberately limiting the time in preparing. No, I can't go there. I can't delve into that. I can't a preacher's circumstances in the providence of God are also going to determine preparation time. Now, obviously, we don't want to be lazy. And uh, since I'm talking here with two other brothers who appreciate the NCAA uh, tournament, uh, at least with certain teams uh, make it to the tournament, uh, <laughs> we, we don't want, uh, you know, our preparation. That's a low blow, brother. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, look, I'm a Gonzaga guy, and uh, you're at UNC, and Austin's all about Duke. But, but be that as it may, you know, we don't want our uh, proper preparation time to be interfered with because of uh, who happens to be playing mm -hmm. in the NCAA tournament or whatever. You know, I, I remember hearing of a man, this goes back many years ago, who uh, did a sermon preparation during commercial breaks while he's watching TV. Uh, needless to say, he was not in a reformed church. Yeah. And, uh, but that, that we don't want to be guilty of that. Yeah. And yet sometimes the demands on one's time are such that we don't have the time we would wish mm -hmm. for sermon preparation. Well, that goes back to the question of, of how much time. Well, it's impossible to say because who knows? We don't know what a day is going to bring forth, leave alone the week. Maybe there's some family crisis or a special situation in the church family. Uh, maybe the man's bivocational and, and he's doing what he can just to uh, put something together. Uh, or, or maybe the, the man has uh, sickness, but he's been laid low or some even unpredictable long-term health issues. I think of our dear brother, Pastor Ron Miller, there with whom you labor uh, uh, Austin as an intern that that this dear brother with the headaches and and mm -hmm. he, I mean he does well to be able to manage his time while uh, the, this is very unpredictable as to what he's going to go through. It underscores to use what time we have without trying to cover too much, you know, to prepare uh, uh, well in the time that we do have, 
And sometimes it might be better, especially for those pastors who've been around for a while, it might be better to, to pull a sermon from the past. I've used an analogy at times when the week has been kind of crazy. I would rather somebody serve me leftovers than half-baked chicken. <laughs> and, and therefore, I would imagine most people would rather have leftovers from a sermon in the past than me to come with something that's not really been fully cooked. Um, and uh, so if you find somebody with an oddity that they like half-baked chicken, well, okay, then they perhaps cannot identify uh, with that analogy. But but I think that that, that in itself um, uh, is it, something to bear in mind. And, and also, you know, because we understand the primacy of preaching from Scripture and, and in God's purpose, well, that means sermon preparation. Sermon has to be a priority, and therefore sermon preparation mm-hmm. must be high on our list of priorities. We're not just fitting it in, but very deliberately, this is what we do. Now, all of this goes back to the question you asked, and I was saying to begin with, it's difficult uh, to estimate the time required because of all these variables. So basically, I'm giving you a non-answer here. I'm dancing around it, uh, and that's about it. But I do think it's important that, to know oneself uh, as much as possible, to know what works best, uh, to be aware also of my circumstances during the week, and then to, to plan accordingly. Uh, how much time to schedule? Well, as much time as it takes to accurately and faithfully prepare and then present God's word so as to feed and edify the saints, proclaim the gospel to the lost, and in all things to glorify God. And certainly that means asking him for wisdom and help, not just in the preaching, but in the preparation. Well, Joe, I have done it again. I've gone long, brother. Let me throw this back to you. Maybe you can give an answer since I just danced around it. (laughs) I don't know that I can give an answer. I did love your analogy, though, about the half-baked chicken and the and the warmed over. I will have to use that sometime. I'll try to remember to give you credit for it. Um, There is no part of a pastor's duty that matches the importance and priority of preaching the word of God. And just have to remember this, that the give, give the best time you can and the best effort you can to the preparation of the sermon, which you plan to deliver in God's name. Um, circumstances may occur. You mentioned a lot of them, uh, Brother Lee, that could limit our time for prayer and study. Uh, and when, when that does come, I think uh, the, the pastor can take courage and he may look to God for extra measures of help. Hmm. Remember this, when the, remember when Jesus said to the disciples, uh, feed these people, and he said, we don't have anything. We, 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 we can't do them. Just remember how far the Lord took five loaves and two fishes and how far he made them go. And he filled the people and he had stuff left or they had stuff left over. So the same God who fed those 5,000 with just a little can feed the sheep with little preparation when it is necessary. Count upon your God to give you the help. He's God all sufficient. And he can be your sufficiency because you're never going to be sufficient in yourself if you had a year to prepare for every sermon. Uh, now, again, I'm, I'm not I'm not excusing a lack of preparation. If a man is ill prepared because he's wasted his time, 
because he's he's preparing his sermon during commercials uh, or because of slothfulness, that is, of course, inexcusable because the pastor is to give himself to the ministry of the word. But there are times and there are circumstances where the pastor is not going to have the time that he needs. When those times occur, look up, brother, look to your God for help. Uh, certainly the bivocational pastor, and there are many of them, true men of God, uh, whose churches who are laboring in their churches are not able to support them. Uh, he's clearly at a disadvantage, and that's understandable. Uh, what I would encourage him to do is give what time you can. Don't the, the little time that you do have, don't waste it. Uh, give it, give all the time you can to sermon prep and then trust in your God uh, to help you. Uh, it's certainly a benefit for the more experienced preacher who's been preaching a long time. He is probably usually able to prepare a sermon in less time than the, uh, the one who is less experienced. And, and let me just say this right here. This actually thought came to me while you were talking, Lee. Uh, the importance of ministerial training, uh, CBTS, other seminaries, other worthy seminaries. Uh, I'm at a decided disadvantage in sermon prep at the age of 70 because I didn't train well early. And I'm not saying that a man has to go to seminary to be a pastor. I did not go. So uh, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the discipline involved in having to put your nose to the grindstone early. I think about these young men who have families, who have jobs, who are still involved in serious seminary training. And, and I uh, so admire and respect them. That's going to help them in the future because they're becoming disciplined students of the word now, and they're having to learn now early in their lives what it means to redeem the time instead of waste it. So praise God for that. Um, because I, like I said, I think I'm at a, a disadvantage in sermon prep because I did not learn well the habits of Bible study and methods of Bible study that I, that I might've learned. I'm not, I'm not bemoaning my situation here. I'm just saying, uh, if you're a young man, take advantage of the opportunity to study the word of God. It's going to help you in sermon prep for the rest of your life. Hmm. Um, allotment of time for preaching. Lee, as you said, um, you almost put me to sleep just talking about Anselm's uh, four hour lecture there. So I'm glad I didn't have to listen to the whole thing. But uh, yeah, we preach. We preach usually about 30 to 35 minutes in the evening because we we have times of prayer in the evening and the Lord's Supper. Um, sometimes, though, I, I will say I think I put about the same amount of study, if not more, into a Sunday evening message as I do uh, a Sunday morning. Uh, maybe that's because of the need for selectivity. Uh, sometimes it can be even more difficult to prepare for a shorter sermon. Lee, I think you mentioned this. Um, let's not forget this uh, also. Um, the importance of prayer in our sermon preparation. Hmm. I suspect that most of us preachers are way too deficient in praying over our sermons. And I suspect that if we prayed more fervently and devoted more time to it, 
we would experience more of God's help in the rest of our preparation and the rest of our delivery. Prayer, remember, uh, aspiring minister, prayer is a vital part of sermon preparation. And if we forget that, it is a huge mistake. Lee, you have any other thoughts? Uh, no, but I think we both have been able to dance around the actual question. <laughs> Austin was the one who came up with this question, and and I don't know, brother, have we answered uh, <laughs> at all, or we both just said, yeah, we can't answer that. <laughs> no, I, I I think the gist of this episode has been answered. That there are so many circumstances that uh, it's different for every person, every man of God who's going to preach, or every pastor depending on the amount of time that the Lord has given them or the nature of the preaching occasion. So I appreciate you guys bringing out all these variables and discussing how things can differ uh, depending upon the person or the circumstance. Mm. Well, one thing I have learned is that this book on uh, Anselm's ontological argument is not to be read during the Lord's Day evening service that is to be reserved for a different time. See, so, I don't even have that book in my library, Austin. So. <laughs> oh, well, we do hope that this conversation about how long it takes to prepare a sermon has been helpful to our listeners. And uh, let's heed the charge of both Pastor Joe and Pastor Lee to redeem the time that the Lord has given us to uh, preach the Word of God and to prepare to preach the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this conversation. In the next uh, talk, Lord willing, we'll discuss sermon preparation efficiency, ways that we can uh, improve in uh, redeeming the time, even in our sermon preparation. So thank you for listening to this conversation. And until next time, we wish you grace and peace. God bless.